Welcome to The Mushroom Show. This is episode 18. My name is Tony Shields and right here is the place that you need to be if you're interested in all things mushrooms. On The Mushroom Show, we talk about things like functional mushrooms, we talk about foraging mushrooms, we talk about mycotechnology, and of course, psilocybin. Mushrooms are changing the world, and you can follow it all right here on The Mushroom Show. In today's episode, we're gonna be covering the mystery of the blue staining bolites, a very specific kind of blue staining bolites that are apparently psychoactive, maybe, but nobody really knows what might be causing it. We're also gonna be going on a mushroom hunting trip for one of my favorite mushrooms of all time, Amanita muscaria, and see if a long-held belief that I have about seven-year cycles holds true. So before we jump into it, if you like mushrooms, if you like The Mushroom Show, please go ahead and hit that like button. It really does help the channel grow. And if you wanna see future episodes of the show, go ahead and hit that subscribe button as well. Let's jump into the show. Now, there was a story that I was seeing everywhere for a few days, and it had a headline somewhere along the lines of Janet Yellen, who is the Treasury Secretary of the US, apparently did magic mushrooms in China. Obviously, this sounds a little bit ridiculous, and I'm sure the headlines have a lot to do with politics, but they were talking about this weird bow that she did and somehow linking it back to a meal of mushrooms that she had in the province of Yunnan in China, saying that she had obviously eaten magic mushrooms and that was the reason for this weird behavior. Now, at first I thought that this was just really goofy because it's kind of a ridiculous idea, right? Just because somebody ate mushrooms doesn't mean they're psilocybin mushrooms or magic mushrooms. And, you know, eating mushrooms at a restaurant, specifically in Yunnan, is a very reasonable thing to do. Mushrooms are incredibly popular there. Now, reports from other websites confirmed that she did actually eat a meal made of mushrooms in Yunnan, but again, nothing weird about that. But of course, I had to look into it, and it turned into something that was way more interesting than I ever could have imagined. That's because I stumbled upon the existence of a little-known mushroom that does grow in this region, is apparently psychoactive, and makes you see the little people. Now, a commonly known but still interesting fact about psilocybin-containing mushrooms is that they stain blue. If they're bruised or handled, they will turn blue. And this is because of psilocin, which is the dephosphorylated version of psilocybin, has this blue color or these blue tints, and it's one of the defining characteristics of what are known as magic mushrooms. But psilocybin mushrooms aren't the only ones that have this blue staining characteristic. For example, there are lots of boletes. So when you think of boletes, you can think of the same genus that porcini is in, if you're trying to imagine it. But some boletes are known as blue staining boletes, meaning if you cut them or if you bruise them, they will also stain blue. The blue staining in this case, though, has nothing to do with psilocybin. It has to do with the oxidation of completely different compounds, none of which are thought to be interesting in terms of their potential psychoactivity. No foragers in the USA or Canada, for example, have really ever thought to consume blue staining boletes for their psychoactive properties. Now, some are considered poisonous, and most of the time they're just used to make cool viral TikToks showing this blue staining. And it is pretty cool, I'll admit, to take these bolete mushrooms, you cut them in half, and all of a sudden they stain this bright blue. It's a pretty neat thing to see, it's a pretty neat thing to show other people, but it did cause a bit of an eye roll for me because, no, just because it stains blue doesn't mean it has anything to do with psilocybin, so linking back Janet Yellen to potentially eating these blue staining boletes really doesn't mean anything. But keep in mind also that not all bolete mushrooms are edible. Some are edible, for sure, like porcini, some are poisonous, some are poisonous, unless 
unless they're cooked, although you should probably cook any kind of gourmet mushroom if you're gonna be eating it. But there's a whole range of different edibility of these mushrooms. But some are of course very edible, some are very popular, and some are a delicacy, specifically in this one region of Yunnan where Janet Yellen just happened to be eating this meal of mushrooms. And here's where it gets interesting. The mushroom in question is known as Lanmawa asiatica, which I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that right, but Lanmawa asiatica, also known as Jian Ching, which roughly translates to sea hand blue in reference to the blue bruising when it's handled. Now, according to one mycologist that CNN had interviewed for the story, he said Lanmawa mushrooms are considered poisonous and they can be hallucinogenic. However, scientists have not as of yet identified the compounds responsible for causing the hallucinations. It remains a bit of a mystery, he says, and most evidence is anecdotal. I have a friend who mistakenly ate them and hallucinated for three days. And according to many people who have eaten this mushroom when it's not fully cooked, it apparently does have psychoactive properties. Now, this was absolutely wild to me. I couldn't believe that I had never heard of this before. A mushroom that wasn't a psilocybin-containing mushroom or not an amanita mushroom that actually has psychoactive properties. I have so many questions. First of all, is it possible that some elites do actually contain active levels of psilocybin? That does seem like the most obvious thing here, but I don't really think that makes sense. I've never heard of a belief containing psilocybin. So if not, is there then some other compound in these mushrooms that we don't yet know about that does have these strange psychoactive properties? I think that is more likely. Again, we know that psilocybin mushrooms aren't the only ones that have psychoactive effects. We can think of Amanita muscaria, which contains muscimol and ibotenic acid, which have psychoactive effects, even though they are completely different from the ones caused by psilocybin mushrooms. But is there yet another compound that is contained in these blue staining bolites that is not only psychoactive, but is also destroyed by heat? Because remember, a lot of these anecdotal reports say this only happens if the mushroom is not thoroughly cooked. And interestingly enough, I couldn't really find any real information about this other than these anecdotal reports. I first asked my friend Alan Rockefeller, who literally studies mushrooms and the psychoactive components in mushrooms for a living and he said he didn't really know anything about it. He had heard of it but he didn't know what might be causing it or if it's even true at all. I also asked Martin Powell. He is a functional mushroom expert. He literally wrote the book, a book called A Clinical Guide to Medicinal Mushrooms. He also spends a ton of time in China, but he had never heard of this either. But I did find one paper by David Aurora. Now he is the author of Mushrooms Demystified, but he is also the author of a paper called Zhao Ren Ren, The Little People of Yunnan, which is in reference to the little people or the hallucinations that people apparently see when they eat this mushroom. Now he had traveled to China, to Yunnan, to try and unravel this mystery. And in the paper, he says Zhao Ren Ren, which again is the little people, are typically glimpsed or experienced after dining on inadvertently undercooked blue staining bolites of uncertain identity. The people of Yunnan seem almost universally amused by the Zhao Ren Ren rather than fearing them or revering them. He describes a story where he was at one of these mushroom markets in Yunnan and he saw some mushrooms at a vendor was selling and he just simply asked them, hey, are these good to eat? In which the vendor replied, yes, you know, these are very good mushrooms. And he asked, well, how do I prepare them? And the vendor says, you stir fry them for 10 minutes. 
And David says, what if I don't stir fry them for 10 minutes? To which the vendor replied, well then, yes, of course, you will see the little people. And he goes on in the paper to talk about how this is apparently a very well-known thing in Yunnan and how a lot of people have experienced this very thing. Now, from the same paper, here is another report. I was in a restaurant. I asked for stir-fried mushrooms, and just as I was getting ready to leave, after eating them, I noticed moving colors and shapes. I wasn't worried. My first thought was, oh, they must not have cooked the mushrooms enough. I'll be able to see the Zhao Ren Ren. But it was disappointing. There were no Zhao Ren Ren to be seen. I looked everywhere, at the walls, the tables, the floor, outside. But then, I don't know why, I lifted the tablecloth just a little and peeked under. Oh, a lot. Hundreds of Zhao Ren Ren, marching like soldiers. And even more curious, when I lifted the tablecloth higher, the heads came off and stuck to the bottom of the cloth and the bodies kept marching in place. I put down the tablecloth and looked at my watch. Then I looked under the tablecloth again. I did this many times at two minute intervals, and each time they were there, marching and grinning. I measured them too. They were two centimeters high. Now what's interesting to me is that none of these reports sound like the classic psilocybin experience. There's no sense of connectedness. There's no introspection. These really do just sound like true hallucinations. And of course, there is some difficulty trying to figure out exactly what might be causing this. Because first of all, this is not necessarily just one mushroom. This seems to be a series of mushrooms or a random assortment of blue staining bolites. No one's really nailed down exactly what the species is that might be responsible for this because, well, nobody's really looked into it that deeply. And really the only way to do it would be to go to Yunnan, harvest all of these mushrooms, do a full analysis on all, all of these compounds and see what kind of psychoactive effects they might have, which as far as I could tell, nobody's really done before. And second of all, all of these reports are just anecdotal stories. They're stories that people have heard walking through the market or stories that people have heard other people tell other people. So it's hard to nail down exactly what might be going on and as far as I know nobody's done any like double-blind placebo-controlled clinical studies on seeing the little people. The bottom line is mushrooms are forever mysterious and this is just another perfect example of the fact that the list of things that we don't know about mushrooms is way longer than the list of things that we do know about mushrooms. I hadn't even heard of this until like a week ago and now all of a sudden there could be a mushroom other than psilocybin mushrooms or other than Amanita muscaria that does have some sort of psychoactive properties. And when you think about it, it makes sense, right, that this could happen because there are you know, millions of species of mushrooms, the vast majority of which have not been fully analyzed. So the chances that there could be another genus or another species of mushroom that has some sort of unique psychoactive property, in my opinion, is pretty high. It's one of those things that make mushrooms so exciting and so endlessly interesting and there's always so much more to learn so back to the headline though is it possible that Janet Yellen did magic mushrooms in China well yes I guess it is although we'll probably never know for sure now if you know anything of these blue staining beliefs and their potential psychoactive properties that I might have missed I would love to hear it so be sure to let me know in the comments below on to our next story. Now, one of my all-time favorite pastimes is mushroom hunting. Even ever since I was a kid, there's just something fun about going into the woods and seeing what you can find. It's kind of like a real-life Pokemon game. 
Sure, half the time you're dodging mosquitoes, but at the end of the day, worst case scenario, even if you don't find anything, you just had a nice walk in the woods. It's been a really hot and dry summer here, and there hasn't really been much to show for mushrooms, but more recently it's rained a bunch, so I thought I could go out into the woods and see what I could find. Now, another reason why I wanted to go out into this specific area where I did this last weekend was because I wanted to test out a theory that I have that mushrooms fruit abundantly every seven years. As in only every seven years or so will you get a decent fruiting of a specific species of mushroom. The last time I found Amanita muscaria in this area was 2016, exactly seven years ago. So I wanted to head out into the woods and see if there's any validity at all to this theory. Let's roll the clip. So it is July 15th and I'm out here on the trail looking for mushrooms. Now, this is actually one of the first times all year that I've come out specifically looking for mushrooms because it's been such a dry summer and there's been no mushrooms whatsoever, but it's been raining really nicely over the last week or so. So I have a good feeling there's gonna be lots of mushrooms out here today. Now, specifically, I'm looking for Amanita muscaria and I have a pretty good reason why I think I might find it here today on this trail, but we're also gonna be looking for some other things. So let's take a walk around in the woods and see what kind of mushrooms we can find. So this one here kind of looks like an Amanita, but it doesn't have the classic, what they call warts on top, which are leftovers from the Universal Veil. So I think this might actually be a Rushula. And one of the ways you can tell is because it snaps really easily. And that is it. Rushulas have this property where they're kind of chalky. And they kind of just snap. You can see, kind of like just breaks into a billion pieces. And now I've thrown all those spores out, so hopefully that mushroom will grow again soon. So I'm seeing a few things, but I do feel like I might be a few days late because a lot of stuff looks kind of as mushy and overgrown. So what I'm really hoping to find is a couple of Amanita muscarias just as they're growing in their egg shape, so I can show you that and uh, still I'm gonna keep my eyes out for some porcini. And of course, just as I say that, I just spotted a perfectly kind of mid-fruiting body life cycle, Amanita muscaria. Let's take a look. So there it is. And again, a lot of people might look at this and say, that's not Amanita muscaria. I thought that was the classic red mushroom with the white dots and Sometimes they can be bright yellow like this. There's a lot of different variations of this mushroom, which is why I like it so much. In a way, it kind of reminds me of, maybe this is stupid, but if anybody ever played Super Mario World on Nintendo and there was different colors of Yoshi, that's kind of what Amanita muscaria reminds me of. Now this one's really cool because you can see right here, this is a very young one. And if you got that, if you cut it in half, I'm not gonna do it to this one because I have other video of that that I can show you. But if you cut it in half, you could see like a little ghostly representation of the mushroom. So that is one reason why if you're ever hunting puffballs and you, you don't know what you're doing, you might wanna cut it in half at first because this one is a Amanita muscaria even though it doesn't look like it. And eventually they grow and turn into something like this. Eventually that cap will continue to grow outwards I'll drop its spores, and it's on to the next one. And I feel like I do need to put a disclaimer here. Anytime we're doing something that's with foraging mushrooms, mushrooms are like pretty hard for the most part to identify. There's some that are easy, 
But for the most part, there's like a gazillion different mushrooms and they can be growing in a gazillion different places and they can be in different stages of their life cycle. And it's really hard to identify mushrooms just by reading about a description or learning about them in a book or watching them on a video. So you really need to go out and get some experience with the mushrooms. The best is always to go out with your local mycological society or somebody who's a forager who you really trust, who really understands your specific area. Get a feel for these mushrooms that you're trying to identify. And then when you go in the woods later, it makes it a thousand times easier. Now, why am I looking for Amanita muscaria? It's not like it's edible, it's not medicinal. Or is it? It's one of these weird mushrooms that's kind of in between. Some people do use it for medicinal purposes. Some people do use it as an edible mushroom. I don't necessarily recommend either because we still don't really fully understand this mushroom, but there are a lot of people trying to figure it out. And it's just kind of a fascinating mushroom to find. It's got a really interesting history, really interesting lore, obviously some really interesting properties because of the compounds that are inside of this mushroom. And it is just really cool to see. It's super iconic and I love finding it, whether I'm gonna use it for medicinal purposes or not. Okay, I'm a ways out, but Again, this mushroom is so iconic that you can see it from super far away. There she is. Now this is very clearly, very obviously, Amanita muscaria. You can see pretty clearly these come warts, which is the leftovers from the universal veil. When the mushroom starts, it starts as a little egg, and those little bits remain on this universal veil when it grows. So there it is. Amanita muscaria. I think I'll just leave that one right there and look for some in different sizes. Now I did mention that I was pretty confident I was gonna find Amanita muscaria here today. And the reason is not because it's super abundant and grows here all the time. It's because I have this theory that mushrooms actually fruit in seven year cycles. Now, I really have no data other than anecdotal data to back this up. But basically I used to live around this area and the first year I lived here, I came out on this trail and Amanita muscaria was super abundant. It was growing everywhere. I found it all throughout the summer and I thought, hey, this is probably just an area where this mushroom grows a lot. So the next year I looked for it, found it zero times. The year after that, didn't find it at all. The year after that, didn't find it at all. And I actually never ended up finding it again whatsoever until this year, which is exactly seven years later. And this mushroom seems to be, again, super abundant in this area. Again, I don't really have a lot of data to back this up, but I feel like a lot of things work in cycles. And for some reason, I think mushrooms work in seven year cycles. So if you've ever felt anything like that or noticed anything like that, be sure to let me know. This is always cool to find. Now it kind of looks like a mushroom, kind of fruits like a mushroom, but this is not a mushroom. This is called the ghost pipe, otherwise known as Monotropa uniflora, I believe. And it is a plant even though it doesn't produce any chlorophyll. It kind of looks like this little flower thing. But always super cool to see these because they kind of look and fruit like mushrooms, but they're not. Now the other mushroom that I really want to see if I can find today is Porcini, also known as Bulletus edulis. Now Porcini is not common around here whatsoever, but it does often grow alongside Amanita muscaria. So along with the seven year cycle, I have this feeling that I might be able to find some Porcini because if it's a good year for Amanita, it might also be a really good year for Boletus edulis. Now in Alberta, there's another mushroom that kind of has a similar bun shape. It's not Boletus edulis, it is a Lacinum species and it's called the Scaber stock because it has a very distinct 
look on the stock that is different from porcini. These are two completely different mushrooms. They have different taste profiles, different ways that they grow, but I'm hoping I can find both of those today and show you the difference. Okay, perfect. Here's what I'm talking about. Now this is a really nice bright one. This is one that people might see and think, hey, that's a porcini because it has this kind of like traditional bun type top and can't really see it, but it's a polypore. So if you looked under there, you'd see pores and not gills, but they call these scaber stalks because they have these very distinct, almost like this rough stipe that uh, looks completely different from the stipe on the porcini. Porcinis have a much smoother stalk and then they have what are called like reticulate, which is this kind of netting. Whereas these ones, scaber stalks, have this rough stalk on them. But as any mushroom hunter knows, the one bad thing about when it's humid and it's raining and there's lots of mushrooms, also means there's lots of mosquitoes around. Mushroom hunting season and mosquito season is the exact same. Just something you gotta get used to. And again, here's another really great example of not just identifying a mushroom by its color because, again, if you didn't know, if you're kind of new to this thing, you might be like, oh, this is a red top, got some white dots, this is Amanita muscaria. But this looks like its bug has been eating it, or something has been eating it. And this, again, is a Rushula. So this is not an Amanita, this is another species of, of Rushula. And again, to show why that's the case, watch this. See it? See how chalky that is? Now, a lot of people worry about picking mushrooms because, you know, that the mushroom could continue to grow, but no, this would have been eaten by bugs before the end of the day. Most of the mushroom is underground, and these spores are now out in the woods. And this is cool, so we get to see Amanita in all sorts of different stages. So, these ones are just starting to grow. This is kind of the egg form. You can see this one, the yellow, starting to form. This one already grew and looks like, well, no, actually, that's maybe the top of the mushroom. It does kind of look like it could be the bottom as well, the vulva, so I don't know exactly what's going on over there. Then if we go over here, see them starting to grow a little bit more, and something has been munching on that. So what's the deal with Amanita muscaria? Well, it does contain compounds that are psychoactive. It contains muscimol and ibotenic acid. These are compounds that are psychoactive, but in a completely different way from psilocybin. It acts on different parts of the brain than psilocybin, and it obviously has different effects than psilocybin. But it does have a very long history of use for all sorts of reasons, and researchers are looking at it today to see if Amanita muscaria can be useful for things like anxiety, for things like helping sleep. Um, people have used this mushroom for its energy-inducing properties. But people also have very interesting uh, stories from the psychoactive effects of this mushroom. And other people will tell you that this mushroom is neurotoxic because it contains brain lesioning agents. There's specific ways that it has to be prepared. So it's not one of these mushrooms that is super obvious in terms of what the use case is, whether it's poisonous, whether it's medicinal. We did do a whole video on this, so you can go check that out if you want to watch that. But at the end of the day, this is a fascinating mushroom that still appears to be holding a lot of secrets and hasn't reached consensus among the mycological community, even though it has such a long history of use and it is so absolutely iconic. So again, that's another reason why I just love looking for this mushroom, I love finding this mushroom, and I love learning about this mushroom because there's so much about it that we still don't know. 
Okay, so I didn't end up finding any porcini, but that's okay because I found a ton of other really cool mushrooms, found tons of Amanita muscaria. I added one more data point to my seven year mushroom theory. And the best part about hunting mushrooms is even if you don't find everything you're looking for, you get a nice walk in the woods. I hope you enjoyed that. Like I said, it's always fun to head out into the woods and see what you can find. And I was pretty excited about the results with how many Amanita I found until about two days later when my friend Simon sent me some pictures of a recent foraging trip that he just did. He found way more mushrooms than me, way more Amanita muscaria than me, and actually way higher quality mushrooms than I did. But he is kind of an expert in this area and has actually basically dedicated his life to trying to understand this mushroom a lot better. So he's been harvesting this mushroom from all over the place taking it back to a lab that he built to really try and study and understand what compounds are inside of them what are some of the differences between the different species of amanita and try to unravel a lot of the mysteries of this mushroom so some really cool work that he's doing and hopefully as he learns more i'll be able to share more of it on the show and that's it for this episode of the mushroom show thank you so much for watching it's an absolute honor to be able to come up here every couple of weeks and chat mushrooms with you so if you like mushrooms if you like the mushroom show please go ahead and hit that like button it really does help the channel get out to more people and if you want to see future episodes of the show go ahead and hit that subscribe button as well in the meantime if you want to connect between episodes i'm pretty active on Twitter. So at FreshCapTony is my handle. I like to go on there and chat mushrooms, connect with the mushroom community. And it's just a really great place to connect between episodes. So if you use Twitter, go ahead and hit me up there at FreshCapTony. Thanks again for watching and we'll see you in the next episode.